NXS's Andrew Ferris joins us on the Music Universe podcast. Coming your way to Vegas, baby. You asked him about that song, right? Yeah, but I didn't know you were going to enact it for me. I I love NXS. They're a great rock band. You got to talk to Andrew Ferris. Mm-hmm. I tried to talk to Andrew Ferris, but my internet wouldn't let me. <laughs> Boy, that was annoying. Yeah, that was annoying. But so I'm not a part of this at all. I tried to hop in and then I fell out. So thank you, Andrew, for your patience with us earlier while we were arranging that. And uh, now I'm all good and and we're back to normal. So, yeah, no, Andrew was great. Um, I learned a lot uh, about uh, his new endeavor, which is a solo artist. He's got uh, his self-titled debut album out. It's been a decade plus in the works and it's available via bmg bbr music group and uh you know he's got a video shot in his native australian outback so we talk a little bit about everything we also talk about the band's um anniversary and uh, i think they're going on i, I believe it was 45 years now yeah and uh, we talked about kicks the, the reissue of kick for its 35th and a little bit about everything. So, um, you know, you you had a question you wanted me to ask him, which was about that song, and he, ex, you know, yeah. discusses the really interesting answer. That. Andrew Ferris, welcome to the Music Universe podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Not, not too bad myself. You enjoying the uh, summer of 2022? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been it's been hot. Uh, yeah, and I have what behind me is kind of the landscape out where where I come from, but I'm actually in Nashville right now, um, and it's been hot and and humid and uh, but yeah, at least the sun's shining and it was a beautiful out day outdoors there when I was walking around earlier, and um, yeah, and I've been playing some shows and but today is a release um, that I've had up on. CMT with my new single, uh, You Are My Rock, as well, that's gone out to radio and I've got really good reaction to it. And I'm kind of quietly excited and hope it goes somewhere real good, you know. Yeah. And uh, you've been working on this debut solo album, uh, which is just called your name, self titled, for what, a decade now? Well, I mean, uh, the way that came about was I didn't actually start out. Uh, a decade ago, you know, oh, I'm going to make an album. What happened was I've always been a songwriter and people who know a bit about me and my background would know that I, I used to write a lot of the music and songs for a band called In Excess and we had a big, huge career. We worked in over 50 countries and we did a lot of very, very big touring and played at some smaller places too. Um, but the way it's come back together for me is that as a songwriter, I started to re-record a lot of songs that I'd written. And I just, you know, the recordings, were some of them were very rough. You know, they could be like on, on your mobile device or, or just even, you know, just the lyrics and, and chords written down or, or, you know, just things like that. So I re-recorded a lot of songs. And then I started to do that a long time ago. And along the way, it suddenly occurred to me that as I'm doing all these recordings, why don't I just, you know, up the quality of it all and I had to find someone to sing so I thought when I find someone who really knows what they're doing as a singer I'll get them to sing on these songs and then one of the engineers kindly enough said well what's wrong with your voice and I said well it's me 
And they said, well, it sounds pretty good to me. Why don't you sing it? And that's kind of how it came about and I ended up making an album. But I I guess I did start over 10 years ago, but really I would have said, I couldn't have said to you, it started 20 years ago because, mm-hmm. you know, some of the songs on there I'd written just recently. I still do write songs. I mean, I was working on a song yesterday. So I've always been like that my whole career, you know, but I happen to have these songs and I happen to record them. Yeah, re-record them. Yeah. And are you one when you're working on a song, do you write it and then have to immediately record it? So that way you kind of have the foundation there and hopefully do something with it at some point. Yeah. I mean, especially musically, uh, I'm more like that. Um, Lyric wise, uh, not necessarily. Lyric, I'll just start a lyric and I'll come back to it later on. And, uh, you know, I'll think, is this, you know, is this lyric any good, you know? Sometimes I think no. Other times I think yes. This girl like this. And other times when I work with other people, which is one of the great things about songwriting, you know, having a co-writer, is that someone will give you that reaction themselves, and you can either take it or leave it. They might say, "Oh, I'm not feeling this," or "I don't like it," or oh, "I love this." I hey, this is great, and, yeah. and you sort of bounce off that as a writer, you know, or yeah. not, yeah. <laughs> no, totally. And, and this is 12 tracks. Tell us, uh, you know, you have You Are My Rock, like you mentioned. Are there any certain songs that uh, stand out to you more than others on this project that you want to kind of profile? Right. Well, exactly. There's You Are My Rock, which I have as a single out at the moment. But I think there's other songs on the uh, first uh, in the old school album sense. Um, the first track is called uh, Bounty Hunter Hummingbird. And that is really my introduction. And I picked the hummingbird because it's the smallest bird in the world, but it looks at everything and just observes. It doesn't judge. It just looks at everything. And then I like the idea of, of having a more classical introduction with some you know, more somber sounding classical strings, then it leads into the rest of the album. The reason I chose that was because I felt the landscape that I was trying to present the music scape to people is the way I feel what I want to say is that, you know, you and I are talking through technology today, right? Mm -hmm. But, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But there were, there's been music will be in the it's come from our past that's why country music was formed and it'll be in the future i mean people always love music you know and and i think this is one of the important things but i just want to show you something else for my album um that's the vinyl that's beautiful yeah that's uh that's it you know that's part of what it does and that's the other side of it and uh and when it goes around it does things it's hard to kind of explain to, to you. Put yeah, it, 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 I'm reading it gives a visual experience along with the audio. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so, you know, you can also obviously get it through all the digital platform, um, the normal digital platform outlets. And I, uh, you'll find that information on andrewferris.com or, um, you know, uh, Amazon and all the iTunes, all the normal places like that but that's my album cover and when i can get it in in, in picture here sort of <laughs> yeah those those backgrounds sometimes don't work too well when you're trying to display something there you go 
There you go. Which yeah, kind of no. looks like me if I go like that. You know? anyway. Yeah, like the Old West type uh, look there. Right. And um, but there are other songs which I'm I'm really proud about on the record. Um, you know, I think also, you know, Come Midnight, I think was one of the first tracks that I re-recorded from my older set of songs that I had. Um, yeah, and that's where it kind of started for me, that journey. But there's also other songs on there as well, like um uh My Cajun Girl. Uh, you know, I love New Orleans as well as one of your cities here in America. I think it's a really mm -hmm. fascinating city. Um, and I became really not just obsessed with the Old West, but the real culture of that area. You know, I went and really experienced it literally on horseback adventures wow. through that area. Yeah, to get the feeling of that area, because it's not just a Hollywood film. Mm -hmm. It was real, you know, and, and the First Nations, the you know, the, the Apache Indians and all the people that lived in the region where I went horse riding and, you know, the U.S. Cavalry and the Mexicans, obviously, you know, Mexican Army, um, you know, Apache Indians, you had Tombstone up the road with the outlaws yeah. and the cowboys and all this tumultuous history. And as a songwriter, that really affected me. There's another song which is connected to that on my, on my album, which is called Apache Pass, which talks about that in the song and that song you know that's pretty popular with people when i go out and play it and I, you know i'm i'm glad that song's getting some traction there too because it's it's real it's like literally what we saw when we were down there you know and um mm -hmm. yeah you know i um i tend to be fairly uh I, I like to talk about real things in my songs um you know, a little less touchy-feely, a little bit more tactile, like you can actually touch and feel things. I like to mm -hmm. thought, you know, yeah, that's just more the way I am. Well, that's a true country songsmith right there because that's what they do. They they write from the heart and they, they're very truthful. Way to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to touch back on your, your vinyl there. What was the inspiration to make it so visual? Right. Well, I think that uh, the graphic designer, her name is Kiki Kiana, and she's a friend of ours, and she lives up in Montana now. But when she understood what we were trying to do, and I explained that we wanted to capture, you know, some more natural things and, and things from a previous era, but in modern technology and with modern tools, and she went, now that, that's something I'd love to have a go at. And that, and that really handed to her. I mean, she really, that vinyl artwork on that thing is something else. And I, I don't know how to do that. I can make <laughs> music, but I don't know how to do what she does, you know. And, I'm, and I'm, I think the two have been a really good, you know, good thing to join forces on because, you know, people, people like physical product too. I, I don't know who, who talked us all into just going digital, but I, I'm not just I'm not just saying it because I'm a bit older. I'm saying it because, you know, I find a lot of younger people too will come up to me and I'll go, I love vinyl records. You know, where did that go? Or cassette tapes and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, you have to go ask someone smarter than me. I don't know where I don't know how that happened. I don't know, you know. Yeah. Right? I yeah, I have an archive on uh digital archive of the all the CDs I have. I think I have over like sixteen hundred and I can't stop. I I have right. to 
I'm not too much of a vinyl guy, but something like that is pretty neat, you know, so that that'd be a collectible, but uh, more of a CD guy. So I know they take up more room than vinyls in some aspects. I mean, they're thicker, but obviously vinyls are much bigger, but the, the, the physical, the tangible item, you know, it can't be taken from you like digital can. That's true. And also I, the one thing with, with the digital, on the one hand, it's great because you can, really research so many great new artists and some new music that's all coming out and older music but that's all fantastic but at the same time there's a a sense of that nothing uh is really a defining itself very clearly in the decade as being a real movement of music like in previous decades we've had you know including the noughties and the 90s and the you know, um, you know, 80s, 70s, 60s, even 50s, 40s, you have each decade, you go, oh, that decade was all about this or all about that. Now everything is just enormously so wide that you're not quite sure sometimes what is relevant anymore. And I, I suppose it, the answer to that is everything is relevant. Well, that's very true because downloads were a big thing. 10 years ago and now it's just streaming and TikTok, it seems. <laughs> well, you know, you gotta go with the river flows, I guess. Yeah, and yeah, you do. Um, are you uh, touring behind this project at all? I have been doing some shows and that's been really good. Um, I will, uh, when I finish touring here in the US, I'll go back down to Australia where I have more touring, which I'm also excited about. But here in the US, I'll be, uh, I was playing uh, Song of the Mountains in Virginia, in Marion in Virginia. And they have an Appalachian sort of a bluegrass country orientated show they do there. I played live there at a very famous old theater. And then we'll be going down to play two more shows. One is Wood Songs, the other one's Red Barn, which are down in Kentucky and Lexington. Anyone wants, you know, can come along to uh, Wood Songs. That'd be great. I'd love to see you there. That's on the 22nd of August. And I'll be doing a couple more shows around the Nashville area. And then um, and one, I think, out at Columbus is a songwriter show that I'm doing out there in Ohio, uh, which is where I, uh, my wife's family uh, from Ohio. And uh, so we'll be seeing, seeing, seeing some of those guys and, and I'll be playing a bit. But uh, I'm excited to get out and play. It's been good. Yeah, we've been trying to hit every concert we possibly can. It seems like we're making up for lost time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that last two years was pretty weird, right? I mean, you know, I mean, when, when, we're, when we're both older, I mean, I guess I'm already older, but when, when we're both much older, you will probably look back and say, I remember when there was those two years in COVID and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they'll be, they were making that up. That didn't happen. No, really, it happened. You know, everyone's yeah. walking around, you know, right? Yeah. yeah, and in yeah. some cases we still are. Um, will fans get right. to hear a, a mix of your solo stuff and in excess hits on tour? Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I, you know, I was one. Of, as I, I think I said earlier, um, that I was the main songwriter or one of right. them within Excess, and um, you know, I, I, I work with those guys. Love that band in Excess. They're my brothers, my friends. We still get on well, which is. That's an accomplishment in itself. We should get an award for that, actually. Yes. Um, but we, <laughs> yeah, we actually get on, we get on great. Um, 
I'm sorry for everyone else that doesn't, but we get on great. And, um, you know, so the thing is, uh, you know, I, I also like to play the songs that I wrote with my dear departed uh, friend, Michael Hutchins, that sang with NXS. We wrote a lot of songs together. We wrote about maybe over 300. And I like to perform a couple of those songs live. And I think the audience always appreciates it because even though they may not know who, who I am, they will know the songs when they hear them. So yeah, that's, yeah. which is great, you know, lucky to have that. Well, I, I wanted to say congrats on 45 years with the band. I just saw this week, you guys are celebrating that. You just had a TikTok live stream and you got some yeah. reissues coming. That's right. That's right. There's a reissue uh, of NXS's uh, 1983 release called Shabu Shabar. That was the name of that album. And I think there's also a release coming out, which Giles Martin has worked on out of Abbey Road for a US, the US Festival uh, show, one of the first shows that NXS did back in 1983 in California. Um, and I remember that show, man, that blew my mind. I remember walking out there and going, whoa. There was like, I think over 200,000 or more people at that, that the outdoor show. Yeah, it was intense and it was hot. And um, but the the bands that were on were, were amazing too. You had like David Bowie and Van Halen, and um, you know, the Clash. I mean, there's just an incredible lineup of people that were on that that particular bill. And somehow we got on it. NXS got on it, and we played. And um, but I remember coming off that stage, going, "That was intense." I remember thinking that at the time. But that's one of the things coming out. And then down the track, there'll also be a re-release, a reissue of our album, perhaps our most well-known album called Kick. Uh, yeah, which um, I'm very proud of as well. It's probably your yeah, highest selling album we ever had as a band. And yeah, one of them. Mm. Yeah, and that's uh, what, celebrating 35 years this year? Yeah, that's right. Where'd that go, right? You know? Um, <laughs> right. But, you know, yeah, but that's one of those things, you know, and, uh, but I'm, I'm proud of that work. And, um, you know, I think uh, I remember at the time when we recorded Kick or before then, uh, the band members actually said to Michael when he was alive and me, myself, you know, they said, why, do you, why don't you guys write all the songs? That's really unusual for a band right there. But they said, why don't you do it? Because, you know, you guys are good at it. So we did. And then we gave them what they wanted. We gave everybody what they wanted. You know, and I think that that album is particularly to me, it's fond, I'm fond of that album, the kick album. Yeah, I like that album. Yeah. yeah. And it looks like uh, five videos were up converted to HD in celebration as well, right? Yeah. Well, that's another thing is that, you know, as technology's got more and more and more refined as it's going along we've done that with a lot of our older releases of things and we're still doing it you know putting out stuff that is higher grade and higher grade again and we did it with a big concert we did on uh 13th of july 1991 for at wembley stadium we played to a sold out stadium show in excess there and we filmed it uh back in the day and that was a very good thing that we did that because a lot of very, very famous bands or artists have performed at Wembley Stadium, but they didn't film everything. They might have shot it on older video technology, and that's unfortunately what it looks like, you know. But we were fortunate to have shot it in film, and so we had it made into a film. Yeah, um, yeah, and that, you know, that was a good idea, yeah. 
Oh yeah, I, I love when bands record everything and then they have this vault full of stuff. Is that something you guys have that you just when you come across you're like, oh, I forgot this existed? Or does somebody <laughs> else manage all that and just, hey, we have this, we're gonna release it? Oh, it's a combination of both. I mean, I I went through an archivist experience, if I can put it that way, where I thought I'll take this on. This will be great. This will be really interesting. And about 10 years later, I'm like, man, what am I doing? I was up to my <laughs> eyeballs in this stuff. And I, you know, I said at one point, I, you know, I want to get back to making music again. And this is interesting, all this stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, academically, you know, I, I could get a degree doing what I'm doing now. You know? <laughs> but it's not making music. And I want to get back to what I do again. I want to play and write music again, you know. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it was interesting yeah oh yeah i'm i'm sure i'd just love to see vaults of some of these artists and just they i know sometimes they don't even know what they have like i said um i know matt travels a lot like he flies we know he couldn't be here due to some technology issues pretty vegas is his descending song whenever he's on an airplane he has to listen to pretty vegas as he's descending into the airport mostly vegas because he that's like a third home to him tell us about the creation of that song if you don't mind sure actually that song was born out of a, a backing track musically uh that i created quite a long time ago and then we we come up with this crazy idea to do a television show like a reality show this is a long time ago now it was back in 2005 and we suggested, well, actually, even earlier than that, I think we suggested the idea to Mark Burnett there in California, you know, has incredible television shows. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if Mark will ever watch this, but hi, Mark, I hope you will. And um, <laughs> he was kind enough to put us on this television show to find a replacement singer for Michael after he had passed away, tragically. And so we ran this um, television show called Rockstar in Excess. And um, this was a song that there was a, a competition amongst the you know contestants on this television show um, to come up with a song, and this is a song that was born out of that. It was called Pretty Vegas, yeah. So that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, you know, not to stick to the NXS stuff because I want to obviously talk about your solo career, but are you guys um, planning to do anything together in, in anytime soon? Well, I don't know. I mean, we might drink some beer. We might go, uh, uh, you know, we might have a barbecue or something. But I don't know. I mean, I, we, you know, look, I, I think it's really more that the touring part of it, we really kind of, for the moment, we're, we're just not doing that. Um, I think that we, we just found we got to a point where we'd played the biggest stages in the world that we could play, and we'd played in every dark hole in the universe before that. You know, and everything in between. And we just got to a point where we went, well, look, you know, it should really be about, you know, we started off as really young guys making music because it was fun, not because, you know, and that's really, you know, what it was all about to me. I know that sounds really naive, but that's the way we look at it. And I think that's the way we think of it now is we just like having a good time playing music. And I think, you know, that's the way I look at it. And, um, you know, I think you'll find they do too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have fun doing it. I've, I've been in bands throughout my life and it, when it's not fun anymore, it, you got to just walk away sometimes. 
And uh, what are you, before I let you go here, what are some of the goals you're hoping to achieve as a uh, solo singer songwriter? Are, are there certain stages now that you've played with in excess that you just want to accomplish as a solo artist? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I have a, an ongoing idea that I, I share with my wonderful wife, Marlena, and that I'd like to actually, the idea of playing theaters, that's all. I just want to play theaters. And uh, um, because I think, especially old theaters where they have a bit of history and they look kind of cool inside and, you know, if they haven't been damaged or neglected, you know, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I like the stages too because they built stages back then for people who performed uh, instead of sporting venues and things, you know, that are built for people uh, to play sport in. They were built for entertainment, you know. Um, Yeah, and that was designed that way. And that's why when you go along and you see an artist in that environment, it usually is good because that's the reason it was designed in the first place, you know. (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Often it sounds great too, Yeah, there's a venue in Bakersfield here called the Fox Theater. It's a historic oh, yeah. building downtown, and yeah. it's built for that. I've I've seen a couple concerts in there, and I'm like, wow, it's gorgeous as far as the the sound. So that might be a place maybe I'll be able to check you out at some point. Cool. Well, yeah, that's great. I, I, by the way, I, we, I have performed within excess at the Fox Theater in Chicago. That's just one of them, but we've done other ones too. And but that I think we might have done that one you're talking about as well. But yeah, I love those venues. Well, look, it's been great talking to you. And please um, send my regards to Buddy and tell him I'm sorry his his you know his thing couldn't work or whatever. But I want to yeah. thank both of you guys for having me on your show and uh, you know. Um, Safe travels. You know? Well, appreciate it. Take care, Andrew, and I'll uh, I'll tell Matt hi for you. Thanks, man. Saw me looking around while you were talking. I was looking for a hat because, as you guys just saw there, I don't have one here. They're normally everywhere. I'm a hat guy, and he had the coolest hat I think I've ever yeah. seen. So yeah. I love that. And another little secret: he wasn't. I don't know if he told you this in the interview. He wasn't in Australia. He was in Nashville doing a press day. And yeah. using that beautiful outback as his background. So, yeah, well, as, as, as you saw when he was displaying the album artwork, it was getting all yeah. hidden because of the, the background. It can't but, tell. It can, yeah. I don't know if it like can, it has like heat sensitivity or what, but it knows a person versus an object. It's really weird. Yeah. You, you gotta, scares you me. Mean, well it does you got to aim it just right so it's um and no joke on that so the the album's available now the artwork if you want the really cool vinyl you know go to his website pick that up it's really neat because it as it spins you see this cool cool graphic and um his video you know uh was out at the time we recorded it just came out and uh, that was last week. So you can check that out. And there's 12 track solo album available now at andrewferris.com. All right. For the Music Universe podcast, I'm Matt. And I'm Buddy. Be sure to hit that like, subscribe, and share button. It's always free with us. Follow us on socials at the Music Uni and at themusicuniverse.com for the latest news and concert reviews. Take care. Uh-huh.